It's a good day. Amen. It's a good, good day. So happy to have you. So excited. It's going to be a great day. Listen, I want you to get your expectation up right now that, that things are changing, right? As, we, as I'm talking to you at this very moment, things are changing in your life. Things are changing in your life. As you get in that level of expectation, what you do is you literally open up the door for it to happen. A lot of people are sitting there. You realize that Israel, uh, the, think about this, Israel came out of Egypt, right? And why, how did they come out of Egypt? They came out of Egypt because of the miracles that God did. The miracles. One of the great things, I've heard this before, but I hadn't thought about it in a while. I think Deb was talking about it at Impact. Uh, but one of the great things uh, that happened, you remember those ten plagues uh, that happened in Egypt to set the people free? Those ten plagues were actually connected to gods that they worshipped. So in other words, one of the things that was happening was all these gods that they worshipped and they thought were so strong, God was like, I take that one out, I take that one out, I'm going to take that one out. Oh, there's another one. Take that one out, right? I mean, he was just like, just wiping them out, you know. He's just, he's just laying them out there. And uh, so here they are, they're seeing all this power of God. And, but then he says, go and take this land. Like he wasn't big enough, you know, in Egypt, all of a sudden Israel gets hard-hearted, right? And listen, what hard-heartedness did was it made them to the point where they weren't able to enter into the promise. They couldn't move into the salvation, into the promise, because they got their heart hardened. So how many times have we been sitting in church and we're like, hey, it's another church service. I'm here. Check the box. But what we really are missing is an expectation that God's going to do anything yeah. today. Yeah. Right? And, but when we start to get an expectation, God's going to do something great in my life today. Amen. All of a sudden, expectation opens up the door and the power of God starts to be poured out into our lives. In other words, what I'm saying is you could have one person sitting here who's in expectation. And man, God just blesses, 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 blesses. And you could have somebody else who's not in expectation. Sorry, you just drew the short straw. And have somebody else who's not in expectation. He's like, yeah, went to church today. Period. That was the end of it. And somebody else who's in expectation, like they got healed, they got delivered, they got the plans to start a new business. God showed them how to move their finances. He showed them what to sow. Their obedience all of a sudden opened up these great big things. I mean, life changed. Yeah. Same service. Yeah. <laughs> That's not you. I'm not prophesying. I'm just using you as an example. <laughs> All because of expectation in our heart. But when we walk in the doors on, you know, on Sunday morning or any time we're meeting, when we walk in the doors to a life group, right? We walk in the door to a group where our, our family is throughout the week and we're learning, oh, God's going to do something tonight. I'm going to get healed tonight. God's going to show me a word. Well, see, a lot of times, here's what we don't realize is, you know, there's two worlds, one that we see with these physical eyes, then there's a spiritual world. And that spiritual world, there's a bunch of stuff happening all the time. And actually, that one's more real than what you see with your own eyes. 
And so a lot of times we even are receiving stuff we don't know about. And then what happens is, let's say, have you ever seen, um, you ever seen like a, a puzzle? You remember when uh, kids were like two or three or four and they got those really simple puzzles, like the really simple jigsaw puzzles? And some of them, when they're that young, it's just like four pieces, right? And, and it's really easy for us, but they're still taking some time. But it's just four pieces, well, sometimes the blessings of God are like that. And let's say that you need a promise in your life, but in order to get you the promise, he's got to put the puzzle together. And so today you receive this piece. At Life Group this week, you receive the next piece, right? Next, next week you receive another piece and another piece. And then all of a sudden you're at that one place, that one service, and it all comes together and you see the picture. And it's because he gave you the pieces leading up to it. You think it happened that day, but it didn't. You'd been getting it for several weeks now. And then all of a sudden it all wrapped up and you could see it. Right? That's how it works. So in the spiritual, you're receiving. You're receiving today. Today might be the day where the puzzle completes for you, but you get piece one. And what we've got to do is say, Lord, I know that if I'm giving, if I'm giving my time to you and I'm honoring you, I'm ministering to you and I'm serving you, I know you will not leave me empty-handed. I'm walking out of here with something. I'm walking out of here with something. Now, who's going to take that? I mean, I'm just wondering, I'm, are you going to redeem yourself? You're going to take it? Get it? All right, good, good. Amen. <laughs> good. Glory to God. All right, let's turn to John 3.16. Anybody ever read that verse before? The message today is God wants you blessed. And I want you to know that from the beginning of this week, all the way through the week. I mean, basically, when we left here Sunday morning, last Sunday, well, it was probably Sunday afternoon, knowing me. Uh, when we left here Sunday afternoon last week, the Lord put something on my heart and said, man, next Sunday is going to be awesome. So I'm expecting something big today, and it's been growing in me all week. I mean, growing in me. The Lord's going to touch you. He's going to touch you. He's, he's starting it right now. If, he has, if you can't feel it already, he's touching you. And it's been growing. And what he's been ministering to me is God wants you blessed. He's blessed you. He wants you blessed. Now I want you to see this and I want you to ask a question. Uh, why did Jesus come and die? Why did he come and die? Why did he come and give his life? So let's look at this verse. I mean, it's kind of like the key verse uh, that kind of sums up the whole Bible. For uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, I want you to notice, uh, let's read it again. For God so loved the church. No, that's not what it says. For God so loved the Christians. Nope. For God so loved the ones who got it right. No. For God so loved the ones that, that followed all of God's law. No, that's not what it says. It says, for God so loved the world. So this verse, when it starts talking about what's being poured out, who is it poured out to? It's poured out to the world. It's poured out to anybody who will receive it. It doesn't matter where you came from. doesn't matter what's going on. doesn't matter who you are. He says, I love you. 
And there's a product of my love. In other words, my love is going to take you somewhere. If you'll come in line with me, my love is going to take you somewhere. So where is he taking us? Where did the life of Christ that he sacrificed, where did it take the world if the world will receive his love? Well, he says, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him shall not perish but have eternal life or everlasting life. I realize this is in the New American Standard. I'm going back and forth between New American Standard and King James, so I apologize. I was raised on that version, and it comes out when I read this. Like, I don't say whoever, I say whosoever, because that's how I learned it. And uh, anyway, it says, but he'll have eternal life. In other words, God sent his son to get you, say me. me. Now turn to your neighbor and say, you too. You All right. God sent his son for you to receive eternal life. How many people think that eternal life means when we go to heaven and spend eternity with him? (laughs) Nicole says, don't raise your hand. (laughs) How many people have been around me long enough to know there's probably a trick question? (laughs) Right, so... It does mean that, but yet it doesn't mean that. That's not all that it is. Going to heaven is not the only thing that it is. Actually, eternal life, let me ask you this point. Let me ask you, think about a timeline, like here you are when you were born, we're in your life, and here we are today, and here's where you go to heaven, and then there's eternity, all right, now here's, here we are today. Here's where you're born. Where does eternal life start on that timeline? When you accept him. That's right. When you accept him. It doesn't start when you go to heaven. It starts right the moment that you accept Jesus. So if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in eternal life right now. Amen. You are right now in eternal life. Whoa, 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 wait a second now. Because I thought in eternal life, that's when everything got good. Well, you're right. You're right. It does get good. And guess what? The more you learn about him, the gooder it gets. Amen. It gets gooder and gooder. And gooder. I'm going to have fun ministering to you today. I can tell. You can feel it, can't you? I know. (laughs) You might as well, George, might as well get somebody else with a mic up here. (laughs) It's not going to be long. Justin, you might have to get up here before long. I can tell. Glory to God. But it gets gooder and gooder in Christ the more that we know him and go after him. And it's not just for the people that go to church. It's not, it, he's got that available to anybody who will receive it. But wouldn't it be nice if, if like we knew exactly what eternal life meant? Wouldn't that be cool? So I know some of you have done this, but let's go to John 17, 3. Wouldn't it be nice if the Bible just told us what eternal life is? Like make it clear, Lord, please, please. John 17, 3. Oh my goodness gracious. 
<laughs> Imagine that. This is eternal life. This is what? That's crazy. That's amazing. This is eternal life. What is eternal life? That they may know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That they may know you. Now, here's the thing. That word, that word in the Greek, know. The word know there. That means to know him intimately. To know him intimately. This is not, uh, let me tell you the difference like between relationship and fellowship. So, for example, with my father, if you look at my birth certificate, in my birth certificate it lists father as Roger Wright. His relationship to me is father. My relationship is his son. Is that ever going to change? No. But let me ask you this question. Does that mean that we hang out together? No. It means that we have relationship, but it doesn't mean that we hang out together. It doesn't mean that we have fellowship. This word right here in this verse, know, that they may know you, is means intimacy. It means to know like a, like a husband knows a wife. It's an intimate fellowship. It's hanging out together. One of the greatest examples I have of that was um, uh, Nicole, who you look beautiful today. Amen. Amen. You look very pretty. Um, when we first dated, uh, we had, she came over to our house. We were watching a movie and uh, she had on a perfume. I don't know which one it was, but it was, it smelled good. It smelled like her. And uh, so then uh, she left and uh, she went home and I sat down on the couch where she had been sitting. I didn't think about it. I just sat down, leaned back into the couch, boom. And you know how when you lean back into that, well, you compress that pillow and all of a sudden the air that's in that pillow shoots out. Poof. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I, I got a whiff of her perfume again. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I had such a good time. But because we were, in, we were in close proximity where she was sitting, part of her got into that couch. So that when I came back around the couch, I was blessed again by thinking of her. Right? Here's the thing. That's okay. The joy, I knew the joy was going to hit him before the service even started. So that's just the joy of the Lord. And some of y'all are going to catch it too. I bet you, I, I would make good bets that it's going to go there and then it's going to jump over to here and then it's going to jump right to here. See? It's going to watch. Watch. But anyway, that's the joy of the Lord. So. It's going to grow. But, uh, all right, so let, listen, let me give you some instruction on that. <laughs> It'll be easy to enter that joy, but don't just enter it on your own accord. It's going to be easy. It already is. You could do it now if you wanted to. <laughs> but don't, don't just do that. Let it be, let the Holy Ghost direct you exactly. Because I know, and you needed a touch of joy, didn't you? Well, here, come here. <laughs> Help them. 
joy of the Lord hit him. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> joy of the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's your friend. And uh, glory to God. Glory to God. The Lord just said, don't wait. Don't wait. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, joy. Joy do what joy does in Jesus' name. You know, joy is not always busting out laughing. Sometimes the joy of the Lord is just knowing who's in charge. Joy do what joy does. Bring the peace and the joy in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> All right. So, you'll note that the uh, eternal life, eternal life is knowing the Father, to know Him, to be intimate with Him. In other words, here's kind of the picture of it. Uh, come here, Paul. So, basically, let's say... <laughs> I didn't think through that. <laughs> Let's say... I, I, I did not think through that. I would have picked Jadius. <laughs> Let's say that I'm the Father and I have joy on me. Doesn't, don't you know that the Father has joy on him? He, it says in Romans 15, 13, he's the God of hope. The God of hope, right? And hope is joy, joyful, confident expectation. So he's the God of joy, of confidence, of expectation. He is the God of hope. And so if he's got joy on him and, and it's exuding out of him, well, then what happens when you get close? What happens when you get close to God? When you start moving in that place, all of a sudden that joy starts to overflow, right? Right? You're holding back, I know. <laughs> Keep trying. This will be fun for everybody to watch. So anyway. <laughs> the joy will start to overflow. The joy of the Lord will start to overflow. How would it be for us to be Christians who look like we just sucked on a pickle all of our life? <laughs> That's my seat. I've been sitting in that seat for 50 years. No, we're supposed to be full of joy. Right? When we come around His presence, that joy starts to overflow. Why? Because just like when I leaned back into that pillow, I had the essence of, of who had been there. That joy, uh, the God of joy is supposed to get on us so that when we get... Go ahead. He's, <laughs> when, we get on, when we get around God, I can feel Him going. I'm like, just help Him. The joy overflows into our life so that when we then walk through the earth and walk through our job and walk through our house, the joy starts to overflow. Y'all are going to take joy with you in Jesus' name. You're going to take joy with you. Glory to God. When we get around 
the Lord, the joy of the Lord starts to get on us. The blessing of God starts to get on us and it's meant to overflow. In other words, we want to get into His presence so intimately that whatever is on God, it starts to get on us. It starts to get on us. Uh, turn, turn to uh, Isaiah 60. Ho, ho, Rebamasto. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Isaiah 60 and verse 1. So he says, I sent Jesus, and the end result of sending Jesus was to get us to eternal life. And eternal life is intimacy with the Father. Now I want you to know, <laughs> I started to grab you for this example. I'm, I'm being smart. I'm being smart. Eternal life. Eternal life is intimacy with the Father and intimacy with His Son. Well, let's just jump on all in. Come on. Sit over here. Yeah, if I concentrate them, it just builds. And I got a message to preach, so I'm glory to God. All right, now, let's say that I'm the Father and He's in intimacy. He's in eternal life, right? What problems He got? None. What? Is He, got, is he worried about anything? No, He's hanging out with the Father. Like, if, if, if all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden he had a need in his life, is he worried about that? No, because God's going to be like, boom, there you go. I'm going to give you whatever precision, pre, provision. He's not worried about anything. Listen, if he's hanging out with the father and hanging out with the son, what problems does he have? Nothing. That's why when he gave us eternal life, he solved every problem we'll ever have. We have a Savior. I'm talking about serious stuff, man. Now, some people are saying, see, some people are watching this and they're thinking, they're thinking, man, he is out of order. He is preaching and he is laughing. No, this is in order. This is a touch of the joy of the Lord. That joy will solve more stuff in your life than what you realize. This, see, a lot of preachers, they get uncomfortable with this. When you start to get into the real of God, you start to realize, no, no, I need that. I need some people. What if I was a preacher who wasn't getting real joy into people's lives? That means I'm not getting God in their life. I need God to get in their life. Man, who next? <laughs> I need the joy of the Lord to get in people's lives. If I don't get the joy of the Lord in people's lives, I'm not doing a very good job because if God is joy, that means I'm not getting God into them. You know what? Uh, there's a lot in the American church and in our society that we got a lack of the things of God, of the joy of the Lord, and we need more of it in our lives. We need more. 
We need the real in our lives. It's not out of order. It's directly in order. Man, I got ushers <laughs> shifting, running around. Yeah, glory to God. You know it's a good service when the usher's like, where's it going next? I don't know what to do. You know it's a good one then, right? Like, all right, somebody come take a place. Right? <laughs> glory to God. Amen. They're like, who knows what's about to happen? I don't know. I'm just being led by the Holy Ghost. I just came off a of fast. I just want you to know I don't appreciate your donut socks. <laughs> you at now listen, now watch this. What's the one thing I've been talking about? This donut. Come, donut. <laughs> I see. And I was wanting some donuts on this fast. I was even willing to go to a Dunkin' Donuts. I'm sorry for all the people raised up north. Krispy Kreme's like the only donut, but not on this fast. I'd have been like, I've been like, whatever, give me a donut, you know. We're, we're getting a donut today, I'm telling you. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Bring F Felicia up here. <laughs> you might have to help her. I'm, she's 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 in the Lord. <laughs> joy of the Lord, joy, overflowing joy in Jesus' name. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> joy. Woo. She's experienced in the things of God, but the joy is real. Joy is real. <laughs> yeah, and the Lord said she needs a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost joy in Jesus' name. Fresh, fresh, fresh dose of the Holy Ghost joy. <laughs> Yeah, Lord. You'd be amazed. You'd be amazed at how much things can break off of your life in one dose of Holy Ghost joy. One dose. thought it was time, huh? <laughs> oh, I'm going to try to get back to my seat now. Let me try to come to myself. Really? <laughs> oh, you've been around longer than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
See, part of the issue in, in ministry a lot of times is you have ministers that don't have experience in such things, and they try to rush it. You realize what God's doing right now? Like, it's not just these guys. God's working in each person. Now, if you're sitting there without any expectation, you're like, what's going on? I'm ready to go. It's going to be noon before long. Well, I can tell you, look, Boomerang is not a noon church. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> like, I'm just getting cranked up. It's already past noon. Boomerang is not a noon church. <laughs> That's not how it works around here, law dog. <laughs> and here's the reason why, because we're not growing up. Aren't we supposed to be, If in, you see in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that he gives gifts unto men, and then he names those gifts in verse 11. He says he gives some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the edifying of the saints, for the growing up of the body of Christ, for the work of service, right? So he says, we're supposed to grow up. Well, a mindset on the flesh is death, but a mindset on the spirit over in Romans chapter 8, I think verse 6 says, a mindset on the spirit is life and peace. So the mindset on the flesh is death. Right? So many times we're given so many thoughts to donuts and 12 noon that all we're doing is we're reaping death in our life because we're focused on the flesh instead of focusing on Holy Ghost, what do you want? And if I'm doing my job as a pastor to build up a church, one of those gifts that Jesus gave, then I'm not teaching people to focus on the flesh. I'm teaching them to put the flesh down so that the Holy Ghost can come in and do something real. The Holy Spirit can come in and change lives. And so a lot of times people be like, well, he's not even preaching. Nobody's getting anything. Oh, they're getting something. They're getting something. It's just things you can't see and maybe things your, your fleshly mind can't understand. But God's pouring out. I can tell you right now, each one of these guys, they're receiving a strengthening. They're receiving because the joy of the Lord is our strength. My goodness, don't we need some more joy because we need the strength of God. We need the joy of the Lord. And a lot of times we're so afraid of the things that we don't know about in God, we'll stay away from them and stay away from our prosperity and provision in Him instead of saying, all right, Lord, I give myself to you. Right, And here's the thing a lot of people would say. It's not out of God's order. It's out of their order. Right? And you've got to understand that the joy of the Lord is something that the Lord uses as a tool to strengthen His people, to keep all the weight of the world off of them. And if you've ever experienced the joy like that, uh, all this, ah, glory to God. Amen. 
Before we get finished, if you'd like a touch of the joy, I'm going to invite you to come up here. But one of the things that happens is, if you've ever experienced the joy of the Lord in reality like that, what will happen is, uh, you'll start to see, man, all that junk, it just fell off of me. All that stuff just fell off of me. And the power of God was released in my life, and all of a sudden, I just feel lighter. I just feel uh, uh, just better. I feel strengthened. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, I said to you that we want, that Jesus gave us eternal life, and He didn't just give it to the church, He gave it to anybody who would receive it, anybody in the world. And He says, if you'll receive it, I'll give you eternal life. And eternal life is an intimacy with the Father. In that intimacy with the Father, just like when I had Kendall standing up here, is what is He missing? What's, what's missing? Nothing. Don't you know that Jesus is not just called a savior because that was the title given to him. He was called a savior because that was his character. He saves. What does he save you from? What do you need saving from? What do you need saving from? Think right now, what is it that you need saving from? What is it in your life that you need to be saved from? Uh, if you need saving from lack, well, you can have more finances in him. He'll save you from that lack. If you need saving from sickness, he'll, he'll save you from the lack of health, right? If you need saving from fear, he'll save you from that fear. What do you need saving from? He is a savior because he saves you. And what is it that is not within his power to save you from? There's nothing. Everything's in Him. All He had to do was get you around the Savior and He got you around the Savior by bringing you into intimacy. And if you can get into intimacy and get into the presence of God, there is nothing that you have that can't be worked out. Nothing that you can't be saved from. Yeah. So this is what Jesus was after. This is what the Father was after. To get you into intimacy with the Father and the Son so that He could save you from anything and get the blessing of God in your life. What is it you need the blessing on in your life? Do you need the blessing on your finances? He'll be the blessing giver in your finances. You need blessing in your body, in your health? He will bless your health. All you got to do is come into the presence of God. He wants to bless you. And again, does he just want to bless the people that are sitting here this Sunday morning? No. He wants to bless the world. He's looking for to bless the world. Does it matter what you've done up to this point? No. He'll take anybody and say, if you'll just turn your heart towards me, you'll step into that intimacy and you can have whatever it is you need. I'll save you. I'll love on you. I'll pour out my blessings. And it's all available through Jesus Christ. And here's the issue, though. A lot of times we want to hold on to the way that we've been doing life. But we don't just make him our Savior. We need to make him our Lord. Amen. In other words... Now, in order to get you to higher places of blessing, it's kind of like this. If I'm, uh, I don't know if you can see the steps on the, let's back it up a little bit. All right, let me come over here. All right, so see right here. There we go. 
Let's say that each one of these steps represents more blessings in my life, right? Well, in order to step up to the next blessing, don't I have to bend my knee? Don't I have to lift my leg, right? Don't I have to place my foot? And then don't I have to put pressure on that muscle and let go of my other foot to step up? And now I'm in the blessing. But there was a process to get me there where he works and I've got to say, all right, I'm going to step up. This is all, so a lot of times what happens is the Lord says, I've got these blessings in your life. And we come up to him and he says, all right, now do this. And we're like, I don't want to do that. I want to keep doing life the way that I was doing. Well, you're not going to move to that higher place of blessing unless you do what I tell you to do. So we look at God and we're like, you're restricting me. You're telling me, no, I'm trying to get you to the place of blessing. But in order to get to the place of blessing, you're going to have to listen to what I told you to do. You're going to have to raise up and change your way of doing things and you'll move from blessing to blessing to blessing. But a lot of times we'll come up to it and we'll say, all right, Lord, I see that in order to go to that new blessing, I'm going to have to change what I do, but I'm not strong enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't have it within me. I've never done that before. That's okay. Dear beloved one of God, that's all right that you haven't done it before. It's okay that you don't feel strength. It's okay. Uh, it's all right. All you have to do is say, if I, you know what? If I come into intimacy with God, if I'm in his presence, he will show me and give me the strength to do that. Sometimes the strength to do that is the joy of the Lord. So how important is it then? So, uh, Jadius, come here real quick. So in other words, let's say we're sitting here at this place and we're saying, I want to I rise up and let's say that Jadius is the Lord. And then all of a sudden I come up to this place and he says, hey, you want more blessing? Yeah, I want more blessing. Then he says, take a step up. No, 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 you stay here. You're the Lord. Oh. All right, all right. <laughs> Tell me, point to the step. Yes, sir. Amen. Glory to God. And so then when I take a step up, I'll be blessed. And he says, you want the next blessing? Amen. Glory to God. As soon as he tells me to go, I can go. As soon as he gives me the word, I can go. I can go to that next place, but I've got to listen to him. But let's say I come in here and he tells me to do something that I've never done before. He, he says, hey, take that next step. All right. And then all of a sudden I was like, but Lord, I hadn't done it before. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to do. I, I, need, I need you, Father. He said, that's all right, son. He said, take me by the hand and I will lead you to victory. That's 2 Corinthians 2.14. So I'll take him by the hand. He'll strengthen me. He'll show me. He'll even empower me with his love, empower me with his grace to do something I have never done before. And then all of a sudden I step. See, and nothing is impossible with him. It's all in my mind if I think it's not impossible. But God's leading me to that place of blessing. And he'll lead you to the place of blessing the same way he led me to the place of blessing, the same way he led anybody to the place of blessing. And he won't leave you behind. Oh, well, you're too weak. I, I, there's just no hope for you. That's not God. But yet the world teaches us that, that there's no hope for us. 
So a lot of times we feel like we can't do it and what we need to do is just come closer to the presence of God and as we come into the presence of God, we will be empowered to take that next step up. We'll be empowered. Now, who's this for? Thank you. Who's this for? The world. The world. Anybody can do that. The world can do that. Anybody. He's just waiting on us to see who he is and recognize who he is. The world. He will empower the world. Man, it's warm in here. (laughs) Turn that air down, somebody. It's got control. I'll turn it. I got it right here. (laughs) Check that out. God says, I'll empower you right now. People having fans, I'm sweating. What in the world happened? Yeah, it's going down now. Amen. Whoo. God wants you blessed. God wants you blessed. He wants the joy to come on you. He wants you to be strengthened with all his might. He wants to promote you. He wants you to get, to get you to another level. Not just, not just the people that have been here for 10 years. He wants everybody. He wants the world blessed. He wants you blessed. He calls you blessed and he did something about it. Well, I don't want to change my way of thinking. See, here's the thing. If I come up to this place and I don't want to take that step, I don't have to. He's not going to force me to. He's never going to make me do that. But if I'll say, Lord, man, this is going to be hard on my flesh. But I give myself to you. All of a sudden, the Lord will strengthen me and empower me to step up. And your life can change. Your life can change. He wants us blessed and he wants us overflowing because he wants to give us of himself. And we're made in his image and made to carry those types of things. Look at Isaiah 60. It says, arise, shine, for your light has come. In other words, God has sent us his light. Your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. He's talking about you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. His glory. In other words, God will take of what is his and give it to you. Look at the very next verse. It says, nations will come to now. It's not his light. It's your light. There's been a transference. God has said, I will take what I have, the blessing that's inside of me, the light of the world, and I will put it on you and your life will change. Now, is this... Out there for everyone. Anybody who will receive it. Does everybody walk in it? No. Because not everybody wants to take the step up. They'll make excuses. They want to keep watching stuff they shouldn't watch. They want to keep talking stuff they shouldn't talk. They want to keep thinking things they shouldn't think. They want to keep doing stuff they shouldn't do. And they won't take the step up. But God says if you'll just drop that. I'm never going to ask you for anything there won't be better on the other side. If you'll just learn that I love you so much, I want to get so much goodness into your life, I want you more blessed than you are now. And you might think your flesh might say, look, sin is pleasurable for a season, 
But the end result of that sin is death. It's shortness. It's lack. But God says, I'm going to take you to the place where there are no hangovers. I'm going to take you to the place where you don't regret, right? I'm going to take you to the place where the power of God is poured out. And you don't wake up in the next morning dry mouth wondering where you're at. You'll wake up the next morning going, glory to God, yesterday was awesome and today's going to be even brighter because the steps of the righteous get brighter and brighter. Every step, every day gets brighter and brighter. These are the promises of God and they are not some far-fetched dream. They are reality for anybody who will grab a hold of it. Anybody who will grab a hold of it. Anybody. Nations, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Kings. Turn to Acts 17, 28. Just so you know, none of these scriptures are on your handout. <laughs> Acts 17, 28. We'll go, we'll go um, 1727 first. And he's talking about people and he's talking about you. He's talking about you. He's talking about people have been appointed to the time that they're in. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, I should have been born back in the Old West. I would have enjoyed that. No, you should have been born right now. You keep thinking about the Old West and you're going to miss out on a whole lot of stuff that God actually had for you, right? I should have been born, you know, in the 20s when everybody was so cultured or whatever. No, you should have been born right now. That's why you were born right now. It's because God designed for you to be born. He appointed those times. We went from fans to jackets. Glory to God. The AC works. Amen. So uh, you should have been born right now. God was saying, I've appointed people at this time. I've appointed people at this time. I've appointed people for now. And then he says this in verse 27. And in those times that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Have you ever felt like you were trying to find God? You ever felt like you were trying to find him? And it's like, I don't know where he's at, but if he was out there, I sure wish he'd help me. I sure wish he'd help me. This is the way a lot of people are. But what does that verse say? He's actually not far from them. A lot of times it has to do with our heart. It has to do with our expectation, like we said at the beginning. Do we know that God is not far from us? This is why he put this in there, is because even if it feels like he's far off, he's not. That's a lie from the devil that he doesn't care about you. It is a lie from the devil. He is not far from you. He wants to move in your life right now today. He wants to move in your life. There's a story uh, about a missionary, and he was searching on Google Earth, and uh, he was like going through Google Earth, like in Siberia. He's looking for unreached people groups, right? 
If I, you rem, if I tell this wrong, remind me. I'm, trying, I'm going to tell you it from memory the best I know how. He's searching for unreached people groups. He's a missionary. He says, Lord, I want to go somewhere. And then all of a sudden, what he sees, he's searching Google Earth, and there's this, there's this little village in, you know, but what's, it, what's it called in northern Russia? Siberia. Like, there's this village in Siberia. And he's searching. There's nothing, nothing, nothing. Snow, snow, snow. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of all the snow, way, way, way up north, is a village. He finds it. Satellite passed over, took a picture, and he sees this village. He says, oh, my goodness. And right then, he knows, i got to go to that place. So he starts putting together how to go to witness to this place in Siberia. And it's funny because this is George's favorite story. Is uh, All of a sudden, he, he goes, he's in Russia, he's trying to get to this place in Siberia. The only way that he could get there was to rent a tank <laughs> in Siberia. George's, when George heard this story, he goes, you can rent a tank? <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can rent a tank. We found out now we, you can rent a tank. So anyway, he rents a tank, and so he's like, snow all, you know, for days, for days in the tank. Can you imagine this village, like, when they see the tank coming? What in the world is that? Who knows if they've ever seen a tank before. That's, that's what I'm thinking. I was like, what did they think, you know? And then all of a sudden, out of this monstrosity pops a head, you know? And he gets out of the tank, and basically when they start to understand each other, uh, the, the village leader says this, Where have you been? Where have you been? He's, what took you so long? He says, what are you talking about? I just saw Google Earth, satellite, picture, village, go, got it together, got here as fast as I could get here. He said, we looked up at the stars, we looked around the earth, and we knew that there had to be a God that created all of this. And so I think it was several years before that, they started, they would take the whole village out at night and say, God, if you're out there, visit us, send us someone. We need to know about you. God, if you're out there, send us someone. Every night they would go out for years and say that. God, if you're out there, send us someone. And then one day, a tank pulls up. And they realize he's here from the Lord. God sent this man. And that's why they were wondering, what took you so long? Listen, God hears your cry. Here's what we don't know. How many people before that man with the tank did he send? 
See, he's sending us every single day. There's people that we come across that we need to be so full with the blessing of God that it overflows into their life. He's sending us every single day. And there's people that will be sitting there going, God, I need you to move today. I need somebody that knows how to pray to talk to me in the grocery store. I need somebody who's carrying something. I need somebody who's walking in the blessing of God. And I need it to be real. I don't need a Band-Aid. I need need major spiritual surgery. I need something. And they, you don't know if your preparation, your 20 days of prayer and fasting prepared you just for that moment when joy is needed, when the power of God is needed. See, this is just it. A lot of times there's people that are calling out to God and are we prepared? Are we carrying the blessing of God? But many times that person calling out has been us and God's saying this, I'm not far from you at any point. I'm right here with you. I will move in your life. I didn't just give myself uh, to everybody else. I gave you me and I gave it to you. I gave me to you is what God's saying. And he says, look, perhaps they grope for, grope for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and exist. Or in Him, in the King James, it says, we live and move and have our being. This is what that means. That when God gave us His Son, He got to us eternal life. And in that eternal life was everything that we need. In that eternal life was intimacy for us to abide in Him and Him abide in us. And if we're abiding in Him, there's nothing He can't handle. And when we're in Him, we have life to the full till it overflows. We're not waiting on life. We have life. When we're in Him, we move. He gives us our marching orders. He shows us the next direction of our life. He shows us exactly what to do. When we're in Him, when we're in Him, when we're in Him, everything we need is in Him. In Him we live and move and have our being. In other words, everything we need to come into being in our life, it's found in Him. It's not found outside of Him. It's found in Him. So how important then is it for us to be in Him? He wants you blessed. He wants the blessing of God so full to overflowing in your life. He wants the blessing flowing, flowing, flowing every day, every minute, every hour. But look, we'll come up to the place and he'll say, take a step. Take a step. Take a step. And then we've got to learn that even if we don't feel worthy of taking that step in him, He'll help me step. And promotion and blessing will come. And then I'll be that person for the next person. Today, you need to take a step. To move into the blessing of God, you need to take a step. I'm asking you, if you need anything from the Lord whatsoever, anything. You need eternal life. You need intimacy with Him. You need joy, you need provision, you need finances, you need to come out of addictions and temptations, you need whatever it is, you need whatever it is you need. He's there to save you. He's there to save you. And so right now I just ask you, look, just everybody bow your head. And if today you need something, 
Today I need something. Lord, I need anything. Maybe it's just this. Maybe it's just you need to get stronger in your walk. Maybe you just realize I hadn't been carrying the blessing and the light. I hadn't been carrying it the way I should. But I need to carry it today. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand so I can see it and keep it up till I, yeah, I need something in you, Lord. I need something today. I need life. I need your blessing. I need your joy. I need something real. If that's you, just keep it up. Let me keep seeing them. I need something real today, Lord. I need something real. I need a touch. I need supernatural. I need help. I can't do this without you, Lord. I've been trying, but I need your help. If that's you, just raise your hand. Amen. Glory to God. You can put them down. Now here's the thing that I've found. That God's always close to us. But the issue is, we want to keep trying to do life the same way we've done it. And what we've got to do is we've got to step out towards him. Say, Lord, I'll take a step today because I need promotion, I need blessing. And I don't do this every Sunday, but I'm doing it today. If you raised your hand and you're saying, look, I really need some help, I'm going to ask you to come forward and let me pray for you. And let you and I pray together and we will see the power of God. Come on up. And understand, it is not a mark against you because you need help. You know who started all this? A guy on his knees crying out for help in his apartment. This guy right here. Years and years ago, back when Nicole and I were just dating, and I realized I came to the end of Brian, and I found myself lacking, because Brian couldn't do it all by himself. I needed help from the Father. I needed His help. And so I hit my knees, and I not only hit them in that day in the apartment, but I went and I found people that knew what they were doing in the kingdom of God, and I said, I need help. I need God's help. And I found people that knew, ministers, pastors. I found people that when they laid their hands on me, it wasn't light. It was the power of God was released because we are designed to work together. Put this scripture up on the, on the screen real quick. It says this in Galatians 3.8. Galatians 3.8. It says that God preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. So the father preached. God preached. What did God preach? And wouldn't you like to hear the message that the father preached on the gospel? That's what this verse is. He preached the gospel. For scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. This gospel is a good news saying that all the nations, Abraham, all the nations will be blessed in you. In other words, what he was saying was every people group would be blessed through a man. 
This walk with God is not designed to be by yourself in your house only. It happens there, but the blessing of God flows that way and through men, through mankind. How many people, just if, raise your hand, if you've ever tried to do this by yourself and not been able to get it done? I've been that person. We need help. And God says, I'll create a family and I'll create leaders who know how to do this thing. And they'll be able to pray for you and break some of that garbage off. And they'll be able to take you by the hand and help step you up. So many times the way that people step up to those steps of blessing is by taking the hand of a preacher or a pastor. So I'm going to encourage you right now. You can come up at any time. But listen, don't let the devil fear you into thinking that you're lower class because you need help. Everybody up here, including this guy, this guy first and foremost, I need the help of God. And I need other people in my life that walk in the power of God and know how to break things off of my life. Matter of fact, let me just, y'all just stand here. Let me step, y'all are already here. Matter of fact, it was a few years ago. I was at a meeting and uh, my, one of my spiritual fathers, the one I was with this week, and uh, the one I was with this week was Pastor Tracy Harris. And I went out to his minister's conference and uh, he, he uh, prayed for me. He laid hands on me and he said, I felt it. Man, I felt the power of God. And uh, he said, I don't know what that it was, but something had been trying to attack my life. He said, but I felt the power break off of you when I prayed for you. And I don't know what it was either, but I felt it too. I felt the release. When he prayed, I could sense it. You don't always sense that. A lot of times you don't, but sometimes you do. That day I did. Praise God that I submitted myself to a man that had a higher authority in the kingdom than I did. Because whatever it was was trying to hold me back. That didn't make me lesser. It makes me greater because I walked in humility, you see. So I want to encourage you. If you're sitting there, you can get up at any time. If, if I'm sitting there and, man, your heart's just beating. Bo, 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 bo. Man, he's talking to me. I know I got to get up there. I know I got to get up there. I just invite you right now. You're in a place where everybody's going to applaud that, not look and point. They're going to applaud it. So if you need to come up, come up now in Jesus' name.